Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm your host, and I'm here with... Excuse um, me, excuse me. I was told that if I was going to guess today, I would get to Jorn. use my signature... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, Jorn, I know that you've been on this podcast before, and, uh, you know, that's all fine and good. We got Zach here. We got the Zach attack back. I need you to take a damn step off. You got it? This is Rick Poundstone. Rick, there's no need to be so insufferable this early on. It's a signature sign-in. I'm going to start the program off, and then Zach can speak. Just do your damn, do the damn sign-in. <clears throat> I hear and, a kid. Who's <clears throat> kid? No, and no fucking babysitter anymore. Rick, stop it. And take us out to the ball game. All right, fuck. All right. Um, well, well, welcome. We got Ryan Venancio here. Uh, thanks for joining us, Ryan. Of course. Thanks for having me, man. Great. You're, you've been in a bunch of leagues with me and uh, you've been drafting like crazy, just like me. So you're a great guy to be on the show. Uh, you're really in tune with the market and the market's really changed over the last week. Um, do you want to find, do you want people to find you on Twitter or no? Oh yeah, if they want. Um, Ed, you find me on Twitter on Ven underscore Armbarn. Um, if you like arguing about, uh, you know, random players like Connor Joe or Ryan Maltapia, perfect uh, Twitter follow for that. Uh, Raymond Tapia. We will get into Connor Joe though. So um, we got a, we got a lot to cover. So look, we're rewriting the ADP and we got a lot of topics to cover on that, but a couple housekeeping items to do. Jorn, you asked me, um, like, I don't even know Looking what you are. You, you, uh, you want to do that now? What? Get, get it no, over. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. You want to get that over with? Uh, is he having a damn workout? I mean, all right, it's time for Born to Be Wild, and this was for Ryan. So, if the you other two could could let Ryan handle this, Ryan, I'm looking for your favorite MLB player of all time, and their first or last name could be Ryan. What do you have for me? Wow, I think I'm gonna go Ryan Klesko. That's incorrect. We were looking for Ryan Sandberg. Ryan Sandberg. Uh, that's Ryan. Yeah, isn't that, that is Ryan? Jesus Christ. Yeah, isn't that R Y N E? It's Ryan. Yes, like pork rind. Or I mean, you get it. All right, that's that. Uh, uh, closing music. Closing. Yep. All right. All right. Well, that was horrific. Um, and uh, the, I guess the, the least we can salvage from this is that people don't think that I'm you anymore. People think that I'm you and you're me on Twitter. Um, so um, we just want to debunk that. Uh, Jorn, um, I think you had another segment. What was it called? It, it was called Born Identity to prove my identity. I am not Zach and I, it's, I, I'm Bjorn. Okay, how are you going to prove that? Like this, it's called the Bjorn. When, when you're talking, I'll, I'll when, yeah, when you're talking, I'll talk. We're doing it right now. We're proving the, the, the Bjorn identity. So what do I do? I'm playing MLB the show. See, you're talking, then I'm talking. So do I just talk and then you talk over me and interrupt me, and that's how we prove it? Yes. And now I have was I, I've been tasked to play an intro song for the Bjorn identity too. So the Bjorn identity. I don't know if I need to play it. Do I have to play it? Yes, you're you're the IT.
I guess that's what they play at the end of the block. What the fuck's going on here? Go ahead. This is worse than usual. Jorn? Yeah, I'm still here. And I think people were confused because I thought what the audience wanted was to me to have a voice that sounded like Zach, but I just have to be me and I'm going to find my own voice because I'm a special man. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, that's true. All right. Speaking of, speaking of special men, um, we got some new news on a very special man. His name's Trevor Bauer. Now, the league has placed him on uh, further administrative leave uh, through uh, April 16th, I believe. Um, I'm fucking pissed about this. I've got, got a lot of Trevor Bauer. Why are they just not making a decision here? Azuna's playing. Why the fuck isn't Bauer just fucking playing? Any, anyone here? Like, am I just, am I going crazy? Like, what, what's the fucking hold up on Trevor Bauer? Just fucking let him play at this point. There's no criminal charges anymore. What are they, what are they going to look into? They're, it's a, it's a fucking, he said, she said, they're never going to know. Um, fucking let the guy play, right? No? Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I thought he was going to, you know, either get suspended or he was just going to play from day one. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know what they're doing. And I, I don't know what to expect either. It sounds like everyone just hates him. Yeah. <laughs> so they're kind of just throwing him under the bus and no one gives a shit. If this was anyone else, he'd be back already, I think. There's a, there a comment from some media source that said, like, the Dodgers don't have any plans for him at all in the future ever. And that, certain, that turned to be false reporting. And he's sort of saying this is bullshit that they're that they're just making um, titles for clicks, but I don't know. I don't know. I've I've invested some money in, in some drafts. I've drafted him based on the logical opinion that he should be able to pitch based on precedent with Ozuna. Um, I don't know. There are some people like Kenny Rosenthal that are saying some different things about this that said that maybe we can't backdate his suspension. I don't get it. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know anything about the the policies in baseball but just from a logical perspective it just seems like you should pitch this year and i could see how things don't become logical but look let's um let's get logical here yeah i i don't know i in my projections i got them for 140 innings pitch so i kind of already factored in a suspension so right. i don't know if i need to lower them anymore but um i just took him in a draft um i'm doing just a standalone Draft and hold on fan tracks. I got him um, pick 190, 198. And um, I don't know if I want too many shares of him, but I think at pick 200, it's worth the gamble. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be reaching for him anymore because I'm already invested. I'm not, I don't have like 50% ownership of him or anything like that, like crazy, but I'm, I'm invested enough where I don't really need to reach on him. And if he falls to a point, where he's cheap enough, I'll, I'll still take him, um, especially in leagues fab. But I'm pretty much probably have my limit on him in the, in the DCs at this point. Um, what else is going on? Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman's now um, a Los Angeles Dodger, and the Atlanta Brave fans are mourning. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. Ryan, you're going to say something, and then Ryan, you can say something while um, Rick inter interrupts. You. I was just, I was just oh, okay. sighing. Ryan, you go right ahead. You are the guest. No, no, Rick, I, I want to hear what you have to say. Oh well, in that case, um, yeah, this uh, 
I, I gotta tell you boys, um, I saw a lot of stuff on twi Twitter um, from some Scott's, you know that uh, uh, Scott's toilet paper brand? I don't know if anybody, everybody's familiar Scott, with that. The Scotty's tissues? There you go. I, I heard it was somebody, a representative from their company, I guess, Scotty Whites or something. And um, I guess that he had an issue um, I, maybe he's a Braves fan, that the man, Freddie, leaving the Braves, he was in mourning over it and this and that, and he's all, you know, upset about it all. And what am I going to do? And the Braves, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? They've got a damn franchise to run here. Now, you got Freeman out here, hoarding, or, I mean, parading himself all around the league and talking to these other teams and all that jazz. He's talking to our Rays and all these the devil Rays. And, you know, the Braves got to move on. I mean, if they got something, you know, they got to go. They got to go get somebody else. And they already did it. They got that Olsen guy from the the athletics. And, uh, you know, Freeman goes to the Dodgers. So I see all these people. Rick, Rick I want to jump in here because it, oh, I, I, you, you talk about people not having emotions. And I lost two Georgia pieces, peaches. I lost my Lexi, the love of my life. And then I lost Freddie. And, and he was a great, he, he was a Georgia peach and now he's a, a son of the beach. Uh, uh, oh my God. You, know, oh, he, can't, oh. you can't swear. <laughs> no, because so, it's Sandy in, in LA. I, I, that's not a swear, Rick. I, is it Sandy in LA? It's a lot of, I thought there's a lot of like shops and, and, and stuff like that. It, yeah, well, as long as you wear your mask, you know. But, I don't uh, know, but, but yeah, go ahead, Rick. Go ahead. I'm, yeah, yeah. I will go ahead. I don't even know who asked you to speak on the topic. If I remember, Zach asked me. But anyway, Freddie Free, you know, if you're a Braves fan and you're sitting there, what do I do? I mean, this isn't, is this your girlfriend? Did your girlfriend leave? Did your wife leave you? You know, well, I think yeah, um, Bjorn's did actually. Well, insensitive. That's uh, all I got to say on it, boys. I just, it's, it's sick. Get over it. Whinies. All right. The other okay. You tell them, honey. Jeez. All right. So last thing we want to talk about is um I want to talk about the player shares thing that came up on Twitter. Our good friend, uh our good friend Vlad. You know Vlad, right, Rick? Vladimir Sadler, yes. Okay, yeah. Him. Um he, he posed a question. He said, Have you got any, anyone got a problem with using the term shares when you talk about player shares? Should we talk, when we talk about players, should I, should I um, say how many shares I own of a player? Um, and does anyone have an issue with that? And I think um, that got, I don't really give a fuck about that because that's just, that's who fucking cares. Um, but um, the question that, the question that it led me to think about is everyone talks about having their guys. Like I'm like, He's the Yellick guy, but for good reason, because he, he's, he puts his money where his mouth is, Vlad. So let's move on from him. But other guys, they have their guys. Like there's a Robbie Ray guy. There's whoever guy, right? But are they really your guys unless you get them in money leagues? Like just because they're your guys and let's say you, you, you um, tout them on your website or whatever and on your podcast and then you don't get them. Say somebody... And you're like, oh, I would have got that guy, but because I put my information out, I'm an analyst. They got him over me because uh, basically they were copying me in the draft. Well, fuck. And guess, guess what? You're not that guy anymore. You're not the Robbie Ray guy. If you, if people are jumping on the Robbie Ray, they're the Robbie Ray guys. You're not any, anymore. What are you guys thought on? What are your guys thoughts on that? Like, can can somebody claim to be 
the someone guy and then they're getting jumped in drafts and because they don't know how to draft is that is that are you still that guy i don't i don't think so yeah what about govier's guys govier's guys are whoever the top of the adp because he's a fucking fucking auto draft govier's guy we got graham here graham popped in what's up buddy oh man i've had a hell of a day all right no one cares is he Um, drunk I want to hear Ryan's thoughts on this matter. Yeah, Ryan so I, mean, I I don't know. I don't know how they could be your guys, how they could even be your guys if you don't draft them. I guess. What, what, if, if, I, you, what if, if you say you like them on a podcast and then people jump them because they heard your podcast? Are they still your guys or not? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, if they, if they don't perform for you, how could they be your guy? Like if, somebody, if, if other people are smart enough to know that they have to jump them because you've mentioned them, shouldn't you also be smart enough to know that they're going to jump them and jump them further? So that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole point of ADP chicken in these big money drafts. And the fact that you're getting jumped in these big money drafts just shows that you don't know how to fucking draft in these big money drafts, right? Right or wrong? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as you still think the player has value, if like, let's say I'm the bar show guy and he's getting taken in the third round, obviously I'm not sure. I don't who the who, show, the who but- guy? What example did you use? I missed that. Dalton Varsha. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I really like Dalton Varsha. If he's getting taken in the third round, I'm obviously going to have no Dalton Varsha. But if I have to jump him one round to get him, I'm still I'm going to you know make that adjustment and take him one round earlier. So I mean, obviously, yeah. If it's crazy, you're not going to do it. But if you just have to jump around to get the guy you love, you you have to do it, or else you don't love him. Right. And this goes this goes hand in hand with that shares, I guess, debate is that like, A, I don't think they're your guys. You're not that guy's guy. If you're not fucking drafting them a significant amount, especially if these guys are going later, like after pick 200 or whatever, like you need a a large ownership of them. But let's say you don't do a lot of drafts and I don't think like, when do shares become relevant? I think shares, shares of a player become relevant after a certain point in ADP. So there's two ways they become relevant after a certain point in ADP, because at that point there are, you can get them. If you want that player, you think they have value. Like you said, Ryan, you can get them. Then shares are relevant. If you have X number of shares of Sixto Sanchez, that's fucking relevant. No matter how many drafts you do from a percentage standpoint. Also any, any percentage ownership of any player is relevant. If you do enough drafts, if you're someone like myself or fish, then my ownership share of anyone is relevant from a percentage standpoint. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure you and Fish do it, but you have to track, like, your percentage of guys, I don't know, maybe in the first eight to ten rounds because Definitely. you don't want you don't want to over – you don't want to have, you know, 80% of Chris Bryan and 20% of uh, Jesse Winker or something like that. You want to yeah. you, you balance, especially at the top. But once, I feel like once – and you and Fish know this. Once you get to a certain point, you're probably drafting the same people rounds 15, 20, 25. Yeah. Um, the, it, sa- the same two or three people each round, probably. It's, it gets pretty uniform um, as the draft goes on. Um, I think I put out something on Twitter saying that I, uh, I've no within the first 100 picks, I have no one with a 30% ownership or more, but I have a couple people between 20 and 30, maybe like 10 or 15 of them. And then as the draft goes on, I might have like 10 – Get get in the 300 range, 200, 300 range. I got like 
10 or 20 guys that are between 40, 30, 40, 50%, up to 50% ownership. So yeah, it gets up there. Um, I think right now one guy's at like 60 something percent, but he's like well after, well after pick 300. Yeah. I mean, if you think someone's a smash at ADP and you're doing a ton of leagues, you have to, you have to take them at over 50%. Anyone want to share their um, most own, most owned players? Ryan, is Varsha one of your most owned players? Um, I know Hassan Kim is really close to the top. <clears throat> um, if someone else wants to go, I'm, I'm pulling it up real quick. Graham, do you want to share any? No, you can't share because you're the same as mine, so I don't want you to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Bellinger is kind of dreamy. Yeah, Jordan, you like dreamy. What, what you like is that what he said? Yeah, why is he dreamy? What did he say? He's he's a great player. You said dreamy. I heard what you said, and I think most people did. You don't mean Mercedes. That's mine. That's, That's a great my most known player. Sounds like a stripper. He it's was in the lineup right? today. They had a, uh, I guess they had a, 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 a split game or something, and I saw Mercedes was in there. I thought he had retired. He didn't. He got off to a great start last year, and I've got him scooped up. I've got a whole bunch of helpings of uh, Jeremy and Mercedes, so he's my man. Rick, buddy, you know that fan tracks are doing a Formula One uh, fantasy now. You might have it confused. I don't even know what that means. Form is that a baby thing? Formula, <laughs> like, like, like NASCAR, buddy. Like, like, like driving oh, cars, buddy. I, hey, I live in West Virginia. I got all the NASCAR that I can possibly get uh, every weekend. All I gotta hear, I look at my wife's Tony Stewart shrine, even though he kind of ran into a guy on a track one time. But she's not just a you know shrine to that man. So I love my Tony. All right, guys. Okay, keep your composure. So, Bjorn, I, I I saw you today. You were you were you were mining the, the spring training lineups. That's great. Um, sort of like mining the news, but mining lineups and um, like that the split squad with the White Sox. Like, I was super interested with um your mining of the lineups for the White Sox. Like, what are your th- like, Bjorn? What are your thoughts on like that Zavala guy batting seventh? Yeah, well, I was mining the news, and then. Uh, I I was so confused because Mr. Curlin jumped in and he 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 said something like you guys have a lot of time on your hands and I don't know if that's some sort of um, uh, improper joke or something but I don't know Mr. Curlin uh, I'm I'm sorry I'm, I'm a little thrown off but you know I'll mind the news and he can do the lineups and we'll just both kind of do our thing but you were minding the lineups so that's you're sort of are you stepping on his feet there. Why don't you mind your damn business? Is what I don't want to. I, I want to say. I, I, what's what I want? What I, I want to say. Sorry, I'm kind of. I'm. I'm losing track. That Ryan's actually our guest here. So um, I guess Bjorn, I'm not going to get an answer out of you. Uh, I thought you were the mining lineup guy about the Zavala batting seventh. I guess you got. Sometimes when you mine for gold, you keep it to yourself, and that's a tip. Oh, uh, so you, you're mining the lineups, but you're not sharing any anything. You don't have a you don't have a Google sheet or anything. I I share it with my friends and I tried to share it with Rick, but he didn't want it. You know, I, I keep giving him a, you know a hand of friendship and he slaps it away. Oh, so Rick, can we talk to the guest? Can we can we speak to the guest? Okay, let's talk about rewriting ADP. Uh, let's let's get into this. Let's get into the show and enough enough of this like little back and forth uh, chit chat with Rick and Bjorn. It's not the Rick and Bjorn show. 
we're here with Ryan Venancio um, from the Ryan Venancio Twitter account. And um, let's talk about KDS right away. Tatis is hurt. Acuna is kind, of, is kind of hurt, but now we know that he's not going to be starting opening day. People sort of had some their hopes up, uh, mainly um, hoping that you had your hopes up because it was a short season, not because you thought he was going to be back based on a video. Um, but did, did that, uh, that, that cause you to change your KDS at all? Because that, the first round is definitely shifted. Yeah, definitely shifted. I usually like the middle or one. So I have one um, always my first priority. And then I like drafting in the middle. So if it's like a 12, they're like, I don't know, seven, six, eight or five or something like that. I don't know if it really changed much for me because I wasn't drafting Tatis anyway. Um, but Acuna, um, I just saw is going to, they expect him to play uh, the third week of the season, well, like April 20th or something, that guy Bowden said. So Acuna's got to be, I, I don't know, I still think he'd be a top 10 pick at least. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, for me, um, I, I think he's going to be fully healthy and um, he's going to DH for the first month outfield in May. I, I got him projected for like 125 games or so, and that would still make him like a top five hitter uh, just because how ridiculous he is. But um, I don't know if it changes much for me, though. Is Acuna actually coming back on 420? 421. 421 almost. Well, check check the schedule. That might be um, maybe maybe they have an off day. I don't know. Man, if he was coming back on April April 20th, you couldn't pick him high enough. Oh my God, Jordan, do you like that joke? It seems like a joke you'd like. Uh, we love those kind of jokes in Sweden. Oh. <laughs> I, I thought you. I, when, when's the last time you were in Sweden? I was last in Sweden about um, 10 years ago, I believe. I was visiting my grandparents. Okay. Hope they're doing well. They're all right. Thank you. Okay, great. Um, so back to, back to ADP, there's been, there's been a lockout, and that's over. So things have happened since that. Um, we're, we're hearing about injuries. We're hearing about all this kind of bullshit. Um, injured starting pitchers. Let's, let's, look, let's look at if you're in these DCs, Things are changing a lot, and you, and you can sort of get, uh, get get a pulse on these things by being in a ton of them. I mean, like ten right now as we speak, probably on the clock again. Um, but you got injuries. I'll list them: Tyon Walker, Alex Reyes, Albert Alzale, Trevor Bauer is not really an injury, but he's sort of going around that three hundred range, and we don't know what the fuck's going on. Um, closers that are not panning out: Kennedy, Rainey, uh, Tyler McGill. Um, sort of maybe losing a role because of Bassett and DeGrom somehow uh, maybe being healthy. Sixto Sanchez, Domingo Herman. Um, sorry for, sorry, Jordan, for listing all those names and Rick, I'm sorry that some of those names are probably hurtful to you guys. Um, I love them all. You know what happened, you know, about Bauer and Herman though? I thought, I don't know anything about her German. Bro, wait, oh, is that the Herman? Go on boys. All right. Um, so Ryan, my question for you, because obviously these guys are not going to be saying anything useful. Um, what do you think that, what do you, how do you think that impacts ADP in these DCs? Do you see like the starting pitchers in the 350 to 450 range, just sort of taking a big jump up? That's what I've sort of been noticing and, and anyone in particular that you think would take a big leap, uh, because somebody has got to fill that void. Yeah. I think once, um, teams come out with rotations, obviously that's going to change ADP a ton because guys like. Reed Detmers, Nestor Cortez, 
um, are all going to just skyrocket in ADP just because they're quality pitchers that don't have um, a defined role. Um, uh, Andrew Haney, too, another guy that is probably going to go way higher once the Dodgers announce him as like a five, six starter. Um, you say Kikuchi. I don't, I don't really know um, if it's going to, you know, necessarily be certain guys um, are going to go up. While, you say Kikuchi, you know, I say Kikachi. What's, what's Kikachi? Isn't like potato, potato? Oh, okay. That makes, that makes sense, actually. Will you sit down? Sit down. <sighs> what about, uh, Ryan, what about um, Dane Dunning? I was asking a couple of people about him today because I've, I've been in a lot of drafts and I don't get it. Um, there's certain guys that like you get, okay, I could see the appeal. I see the upside. I see some sort of trait, right? Um, Dunning, however, I know like he does have, like there are some positive characteristics. Like he does have the pedigree. He has a role. Um, he has, a, he has a, I guess, a uh, robust arsenal, you can call it. Um, but th- th- like, there's a lot of players that I respect that have been on him. Like, oh, that guy's a good player. He's, he has a very su- successful track record. He's drafting Denny. That guy's also successful. He's drafting Denny. Like, what is going on here? Why are people on him? Are you on him? And do you think he's one of the guys that's going to move up? Yeah, he could definitely be another guy that once he gets some, um, I mean, even though he's guaranteed to be in the Texas rotation, he might go up just if they announce him as like the, the three or four starter or whatever. But um. I mean, he's what's, got. What's, the, what's what's the hype with him? Why is he why like, why is he going around three fifty or three eighty or whatever? He's probably going to be around three fifty in the DCs and not like four fifty. Well, he's got he's guaranteed a spot in the rotation. He has good stuff. Um, he has a Does three he? nine three nine five career a career FIP three nine four career X FIP. I mean, he has a great ground ball rate. Um, he honestly checks the boxes for, you know, like a late round starting pitcher. I know the fastball velocity isn't really there, nope. but, um, you know, good stuff, rotation spot secure, and the peripherals are there. So that's, I mean, he checks all the boxes for me. What do you see in him that you don't like? Well, the fastball velocity, like I looked at like his game log. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know what, like, it doesn't seem like his curveball is a really effective pitch. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I'm just, just like high level. Um, it seems like he could, he could maybe benefit from a pick Smith change that he hasn't done yet. He's sort of my version of um, Jordan Montgomery. I didn't get the hype with Montgomery last year. Albeit Dunning is going far later than Montgomery went last year, this year, but I just don't get the, like the number of good players that are on him, like what the appeal is. Like I'll, I'll be staring at him sometimes in drafts. I'm like, okay, he's fallen a little bit, maybe a little bit after his ADP. I still can't pull the trigger on him. I don't know. There were were manager quotes either towards the end of last season or in December from who is their manager? Chris Young? No, he's their GM, right? Woodward. Woodward, Woodward, yeah. Woodward was talking about how they needed uh, more depth in the starts out of Dunning this year and that they'd have him training to pitch deeper or something to that effect. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of an endorsement for volume. Yeah, I think the ground ball pitchers, um, it's hard. It's, uh, I think it's easy to overlook how um, important ground balls are. Like when you're getting a 54% ground ball rate, I know he has a 439 career ERA, but that helps 
suppress your ERA so much, especially now that he has uh, Corey Seager's not a great shortstop, but he has like real um, players now behind him. Whereas last year, the Rangers were just an abomination. So he could improve with, you know, having Mitch Garver and Heim for a full season, um, a team of actual major leaguers behind him. So maybe I, I don't expect more than a three, nine to a four ERA and maybe a K per inning, um, an okay whip. But I feel like when, if he's giving you that and he's giving you innings, I think that's, you know, plenty around pick 350. Side note, um, you're talking about his, in, his infield. I didn't realize that um, Miller had, uh, Brad Miller has had signed with Texas until I read Johnny L's article in the athletic today um, about the, uh, about all the late um, late round targets that he was going after. And uh, shout out to Johnny L. Great article. If you don't uh, read it, read it. I don't know. What, why am I plugging someone else? It's not, no, it's not what we do here. It's not what we do. This is, this is off. This is off course of the drip. I am like plugged in somebody else. He says. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're it's right. Like right. The Bajoran comment. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was making some tea. I wasn't listening. I hear a child again. Now, come so, on. So, Ryan, what do you think about that infield? What's going to happen at third base? They're going to add someone. Um, are you are you um, are you moving up uh, Brad Miller up your board? Do you think it's going to be a, it's going to be Abanez? It's going to be um, Yanni Hernandez? Like what do you, what do you think? Or Solak? Who's who's uh, going to be who's going to be valuable? Anyone? So from what uh, Evan Grant has been saying, it sounds like Abanez and Miller are going to kind of switch off in left and third, and then if Nick Solak, I guess. Uh, starts to play decent, he'll get a shot too. But um, I'm upset because I thought Andy Abanez was going to be the everyday third baseman once Jung went down. So that's not going to be the case. But I um, I don't know why Brad Miller wouldn't play every day against righties in this lineup. And their lineup's looking half decent. So I think he can give you pretty good numbers. I haven't checked. I haven't done a DC um, in, a, in like a – few weeks or so but I don't know where Brad Miller's going in drafts but um I, I feel like he's gonna be the most profitable out of that uh shitty trio of him Abanez and Solak how can can Brad Miller play defense because I don't think he can he might be a DH guy but what um the Texas beat beat reporter said is that um Miller was gonna play left and third but he, he may very well be a, a poor defender. So who's your outfield? What's your outfield looking like? What's your outfield looking like? It's Dallas. It's uh, um, Cole Calhoun in right, and then Miller, and Miller Solak in left, I guess. And Willie Calhoun. Is he DH? Willie Calhoun will probably DH, yeah. They got the Calhoun boys. Yeah, good one, Graham. Those brothers. They brothers? No, they're not brothers, Rick. No. Carry on. Hey, good. No, um, we don't. I don't mind uh, questions. Chime in whenever you need to, Rick. Um, good question. Um, good job, baby. Um, all right. Um, moving on to the earlier pitching, we talked about the late, the um, little uh, pitching around pick three hundred or so. But what about early pitching? How that? How is that being impacted by uh, recent news? Chris Sale out for a bit. Flaherty looks like he's fucking toast. How do things shift, in Ryan? in the early going 
particularly talk about um, potentially pitchers moving up like Radon and Verlander that are going to generate some hype in these big, big, big drafts, drafts coming up. Yeah, so I'm actually um, starting to uh, starting to get into Verlander. Um, I haven't drafted him yet, only because um, you know, I've, I've only done a few drafts and he's actually getting pushed up higher than I thought he would. So now, you know, I have to maybe take him um, around before I think he's going to go. But um, I think guys like Luis Garcia are starting to get really pushed up, Eduardo Rodriguez, and um, especially Joe Musgrove. I think um, uh, the more that Eno does, like puts out articles and stuff, I think he has Joe Musgrove as like a top 10 pitcher. He's going to skyrocket in ADP soon. Um, so I think guys like that, who I actually really like. I've been drafting a ton of Garcia. I'm drafting a ton of Musgrove, Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, I think those guys are going to get pushed up because I don't, I don't know that mix of pitchers in like the nineties where it's like Charlie Morton and you Darvish. I feel mm -hmm. like the Luis Garcia's and Eduardo Rodriguez's really aren't like too far from those guys. So right. I, I just see like the eight, I just see them going closer to them in ADP as we get deeper into, you know, closer to closer to the season. I'm in a couple of new drafts right now. And, and as you get into around, I guess, five, six, seven, you notice that things start evaporating a lot quicker than they, they typically do. And, and you're not really getting any value on anything. And we'll get into Br Br Chris Bryant because he's moving up too. So really like everything's getting more condensed and as, our friend Modica likes to say the board tightens and it tightens um, not just because of injuries, but um, different news, but that's why it's tightening because of this, because you got sale Flaherty, sale Flaherty and Bryant, those three things just by themselves and Tatis, those four um, tighten the board more than you'd think. And it, you can feel it. Um, my question to you, based on what I just said is, does this make you more apt to focus on getting two starting pitchers rather than one starting pitcher in the early rounds uh, because that well sort of dries up or like you were talking about, are you comfortable dip dipping into that next pool? I would be comfortable with a, you know, Luis Garcia um, at like type as my SP two, but I could understand wanting him as more of an SP three. Um, you know, I think if you can grab one of the aces and then maybe grab a Morton or Darvish and then an Erod or Luis Garcia, that's the way I would want to go. But, you know, if everything's getting pushed up, um, I mean, you, you just have to react with the board. I, I would not want, you know, I, I would not want to be without um, a group of those guys um, because – once you start getting down to, you know, Sonny Gray, um, uh, another example, uh, you know, like Hunjin Ryu, you don't really want those guys as your SP2. So, no. or, so you really need to, you know, adjust with the board. And if the starting pitchers are going up, you just have to jump starting pitchers. Okay, I got a I got a true and false question for you and a multiple choice question for you, uh, and then we'll then we're gonna move on. True or false? Um, the top four or five starting pitchers 
Um, I forgot to even mention Wheeler in what we were just talking about, but um, excluding Wheeler, so say like down to Scherzer and Bueller, they increase. They have now increased in value. True or false? Um, true. Graham, that's a very subjective question, but like, I mean, probably yes. All right. So, like, like probably yes, but you're not going to take action on it. It, uh, me personally, like I would be trying to get too early now. I think I think that the way like the board's going to tighten anyway, because as people's money drafts and like main events and everything, about people push pitching up. But like as we have more clarity or a lack of clarity in the case of guys like Wheeler, um, the sure things become more scarce. So. Yeah, like, like as we were talking, like Trevor Rogers and guys like that are going to end up being like, like, I mean, you already see Rogers getting pushed up to the sixth. Like, is he a fifth round pick? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I've seen him in the fifth, but um, if, if Logan Webb comes out and is like continues from last year and his like shit, like, where's he going? Third, second? I don't see him in the second, but yeah. He, he yeah, I, I don't see him in the second either now that I think about it, but just like, that's where this is going, I think. Right. So my next question is multiple choice question. In the first 10 rounds, Ryan, do you want A, two, B, three, C, four, or five, or D, five? So two, three, four, or five, minimum starting pitchers by the end of round 10. What's your minimum number of pitchers you want to have starting pitchers by the end of 10 rounds? I would say three. Okay. Graham? Yeah, I like three. It's, it's tough. Like, if, you, if you're going to do the closer thing and if it's a DC, mm-hmm. then I tend to get more comfortable with two because I, I've done the, like, two early closer thing. I kind of like that. And then like no more. So if you spend four out of your first 10 picks on pitchers, whether they're starters or not, but I get, I guess in a, in a room with fab or something, I don't probably want three. Like what, yeah. what did I do in surf? I went Ray in the fourth. You mean cunt? Yeah. Cunt. Yeah. I went oh Ray in the goodness. fourth and then Snell and uh, Eovaldi in the sixth and seventh with Jansen in there too, I think. All right, yeah, we got to talk about that draft. We got to get uh, Frankie Am I right on the on the show to talk about the the kind of draft. I promised him he'd come on. Phil destroyed his team so bad in the Twitter comments. It's more like Frankie Am I wrong? Oh, really? I didn't see that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one, good one, Graham. I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't see that, Zach. I didn't see that actually. No. Oh, I got to take a look. I have a true, I have a true or false question for Ryan as well. Oh, okay. it's here, Bjorn. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan, you are a drummer. I've imagined, I've thought about you having very muscular hands. True or false? You have a routine to take care of your hands. What? Uh, uh, False. I I take care of my wrists, not my hands. Oh, okay. Everyone always talks about Jacob deGrom's elbow. I was just thinking about your hands as a drummer. Well, thank you. I bet you were thinking about his hands, you sick freak. My 
God. So let's talk about closers um, and how they're moving. Closers in general, everyone was talking about, um, oh, wait and wait until March or mid-March. Well, guess what? It is, it is mid-March now. And they're saying, oh, those closers won't be pushed up as much because we'll have more clarity. Well, guess what? We have less clarity. Texas, they've added people. I think that that's less clear. Detroit, I think it's less clear. I think Kansas City's less clear. I think Arizona's less clear with Kennedy there too, um, albeit whatever. Cincinnati is also more murky. Washington as well. Everything's more murky. There's no news on Kimberly. Everyone thought he would have been, everyone just thought he would have been traded by now already. Um, I think those that drafted those early closers have benefited um, still. Ryan, Ryan, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? No, absolutely. I totally agree. I like all my OCs are, I did like three or four OCs. They're all fucked with closers. Like I, I kind of faded the top guys and took all, took a bunch in the middle and I'm even, I'm so uncertain about all those guys. Like, I don't know how you can be confident in anyone other than like the top seven or eight. So I feel like um, in the drafts I've done recently, I'm trying to get those closers more than I did earlier. So I totally agree with, um, with but what you're saying. On the other, on, on the other hand, uh, you know, things will uh, become more clear than they are now um, as the season goes on, but you're, you're going to have to address it by fab. And um, it looked, it looks more and more like that uh, uh, teams that waited on closes will have to address it via fab rather than um, via late round picks that have already occurred because Kennedy, um, Tapera, Boxberger, um, like I'm batting zero, zero, zero on my closer specs, but I think everyone basically is batting zero, zero, zero on the closer specs, except for maybe Alex Colomay, like um, in terms of moving ADP, um, so I think it was Drew Morris that showed me a board that somebody took Alex Colomay like in the 10th round or something like that. But um, where do you think he goes now? Wow. Um, yeah. And one of the OCs I grabbed, I grabbed Colomay in like the 25th or something, but that's reasonable. Uh, yeah. Uh, 10th round. I don't know, man, because if I had like a Hendricks type with Colomay, I would probably only start him on the road, but now that you're relying on Colomay, you have to start him every every day obviously and feel so good eh those those I don't, oh man his numbers in colorado are going to be fucking awful i don't i don't know if i'm going to be able to start him every day well i know bjorn's a big colorado stand with that organization and he loves what they do sorry rick i am here and and colorado is great <laughs> so who, who, great are most, who are you guys most interested in that uh who do you well i guess I don't know how to phrase this. Are you, who are you most interested in or who fucks things up the most? Amir Garrett, Andrew Chafin, Michael Givens, Art Warren, and that C-Shack boy, like who, or Greg Holland, like who's the guy that fucks shit up, came, come in and just shit everywhere? I think probably Michael Givens because I wasn't confident in any of the Cubs relievers. Um, okay. I had, I had no hewer. I had no wick. Um, I took a couple shots on Air Frost, but that's it. Um, so I think Givens could definitely close there. As for the other guys, like I have a bunch of Rainey. I'm not really scared of C-Sheck, although I obviously acknowledge C-Sheck could get the job early on, but I think it goes to Rainey eventually. Um, I don't really like Holland stinks. Um, Chafin is probably the fireman there. Um, I don't know if he, I don't think he has much closer experience, even though he's obviously better than Soto. I think they'll, they'll probably just use him as a fireman, but. Soda's trash, eh? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I have a single share of soda. I have no, I know I have no soda. Like, uh, 
Yeah, Soto zero, and zero Floro are just like garbage in my books. Uh, could be wrong. Yeah, I made a, I made a few floral mistakes, but yeah, definitely no Soto. Um, is Kimbrough getting traded? I I thought it was a given. Like they're loading up on bullpen arms too. They have Joe Kelly, Graveman. Uh, they even added a couple more guys. I don't like. I, I really don't know what they're doing, especially because how bad Kimbrell was as like when he wasn't the closer. Yeah, you because know, it's like a mentality for these guys. And they're so fucking fragile. Like Kimbrell can't just can't just pitch in the eighth inning instead of the ninth inning. Yeah, they're like um, they're like Jordan. They're very emotionally fragile. Yes, I don't know. I thought they were going to trade Kimbrell by now. I guess. And we still have three weeks. There's left. nothing wrong with being emotionally fragile. And when you say it's a given, were you talking about Michael Gibbons again? Being a given? The man's name is Gibbons. Well, what is it you don't get? <laughs> My God. Uh, I, let's, let's talk about other guys moving up. Um, you know, what do you guys kid. think of, sorry, Zach, what do you okay. think of uh, David Robertson going to Chicago? Same thing as Holland going into Texas. I think I think that's like a sneaky fucking move because they put a bunch of incentives in his contract about uh, closing out games. It could be. It's just that he's pitched so little since 2018 that I really don't know what to expect. I mean, like in a in a DC, maybe like you take Robertson in the 45th or something. I don't think that's a horrible pick, but you know, in a Fab League, I probably uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be monitoring. Robertson all season, unless he's pitching like the eighth and ninth inning. I don't know. I just saw that the other day. I didn't even know Gibbons signed with Chicago. And I was like, I was like, David Robertson, that's a sneaky sneak. Like the the Rays pick him up and like fix him last year. And now he's coming in. And you know, Robertson's you know, David Robertson um, sort of makes me think of makes me no. think of Mike the Mouth spending like $200 of fab on him, like in the first week of the season. And then him being useless. That's that's the so that's the feeling I get from David Robinson. David Robinson. Would he fall under the category of who's this year's Julian Merriweather? He would fall under the category of who's this year's Wade Davis. Oh, okay. I could I totally think, see that. I can I can see that. Is Mike the uh, Mouth that New York guy that used to be on this podcast? Yeah. And he talked about movies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he talked about like he got he had a story about getting into a fight at the at the movie theater. Yeah, those were the worst episodes. I thought he's very muscly. I've I've seen pictures of him in the gym. He's old, but he is muscly. That's kind of a weird, uh, you know, conundrum. Do you think he puts olive oil on his body? Do I think that what? You said he was yeah. old and muscly. Does he put olive oil on his body to like condition his wrinkles? I don't know what the man does. I thought he was a damn dentist or something. Is he not? I don't, I don't know. know, Rick. I'm just asking the question. Can we, can we, can we move on to baseball stuff, please? I think yes. that would also make Popeye jealous. So, what? Oh, God. <laughs> we need it. This is like pure overload. Um, all right, Hassan Kim, uh, Tatis is fucked. Um, do, you, do you think he can hold that role? Like Venancio, you said he's probably your most owned player. What what made you like him before the injury? I guess maybe yeah. you're, you're anticipated the injury. <laughs> well, yeah, that was part of it. Everyone's like worried about Tatis's injury, and I'm like, well, who's going to benefit most for him? It's going to be Hassan Kim. 
Um, what I like most is that like all the underlying numbers are great. He hits the ball hard, hits the ball in the air. He's a great athlete and a good defender. Um, I know he stunk last year on the surface, but um, he had consistent playing time for maybe, maybe two weeks. And, you know, coming over from Korea, I'm sure it takes a little while to, you know, get used to playing in the big leagues and all that. So um, I'm giving him a second chance. And he actually, he actually is my most owned player. I have him in 57% of leagues, um, which probably isn't enough because of, uh, with how late he goes. But if you count dynasty leagues too, I have, I probably have been like 80% of leagues. Cause I have been every, I've been every dynasty league. Um, yeah. I just like all the underlying metrics. Um, he's going to be their everyday shortstop as long as Tatis isn't on the field. And even when Tatis comes back, he's really versatile and can play, you know, second, third, left, right. So I don't like if he's playing well and Tatis comes back, I still see him being an everyday player. So I'm in a draft right now. I think it's, is this the round eight one? I'm in round eight. Nope. Sorry, this is bad podcasting, but uh, I'm in. Anyways, I don't, have to, I don't think I have to find it, but Has, uh, not Hassan Kim. Um, Kurt Suzuki. Uh, nope. Say it's Suzuki. Um, he went at like pick 120 in one of my current draft champions leagues. Where do you see him settling in now that he's um, signed in Chicago? We're in uh, in Bjorn's in Bjorn City, and in Bjorn, is that going to be your new favorite player? Yes, it's my favorite vehicle and player. Do you own a Suzuki, or do I thought you didn't have a driver's license? He doesn't. I don't have a driver's license, but I got my wife's Suzuki. You don't have a driver's license. <gasps> Jesus, it doesn't end with this cat, does it? What? A, oh man! <laughs> so Suzuki, he went at the eight-nine turn in this, in this DC. Uh, it's one hundred fifty dollars draft champions league. Um, went at the last pick around eight, so right after Alex Bregman and Schwarber and Stanton. You think that's where you, I think that's probably high. I don't know. So I'm kind of just going to draft him based off my rankings until we get, you know, a few, uh, a week or so of ADP to see where he settles in. I have him right below um, Trent Grisham and Stanton. And that might seem really high, but um, I'm giving him 600 PA because he's going to, you know, play every day for the Cubs. And I think he's going to have, good counting stats, 25 or so homers and a, and a decent average. Um, but it's tough because just like Haseyong Kim, um, guys can come over and you don't really know how good they are. Um, from what I have heard from like some scouts, I trust that, um, you know, Suzuki is a lot better of a hitter, a lot more advanced of a hitter. So we shouldn't have um, the adjustment period that Kim had, but I think He's going to settle in, I don't know, maybe as a top 90 or so hitter. I don't know what that makes. I don't know what that makes his ADP, but. Top 200. Yeah. Uh, but that's yeah what he's, I, he was already around 200 to begin with. So maybe 140 or so, I would guess. Okay. I, I could see that. I could see that happening. That's right. Where, that's right where Mountcastle goes, right? 
Yeah, but the, the players that come over from uh, Japan or Korea the last couple of years have always uh, under underwhelmed. Um, Sasugo, Kim, the last two that I can I can remember. Um, this guy seems like he's going to be better. Definitely. Yeah, I listened to a lot of Tim McLeod, who like, I mean, I guess he, industry, whatever. He spends a lot of time watching Asian baseball, and he says yeah, he, that he didn't even he didn't even join Kant, though. How good of a player can he be? He's scared to he's scared to join our little crappy Canadian league. I don't know. Anyway, he he loves he loves Asian yeah. imports, and he claims that Suzuki is more like a 270, 25 home run hitter than like a Tsutsugo, whatever he is. Right. Yeah. He I would... does... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Rick. I want to hear what you have to say. I, no, you don't. Go, you go right ahead. I think um, I, I, I'm I going to say one. Uh, if I had to set the over-under, I'm going to put it at 145 as ADP settling in. I, I think he sits, uh, goes right around 145. All right, cool. Um, let's talk about people players uh, moving down in this ADP change um, before we get into um, close off this episode. Um, it's been it's been a trying episode. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if we're going to. I don't know if we can handle this with Rick and Bjorn. This has been it's been kind of rough. Um, but that that being said, that said, um, I'm I'm in a draft right now, and I'm at pick four thirty, and I'm looking at the top of the queue. And I'll tell you who I see. Ian Kennedy, Alex Reyes, Adbert Alzale, Josh John, Sixto Sanchez, Luis Torrens, okay, Nico Horner, because what's his name signed there? Um, we can talk about that. Um, what's, what the fuck's his name? Um, Villar. Jonathan Villar. Yeah. Steckenrider, Castillo, Jamingo Herman. So, and then if you get a little bit, go a little bit further, you got Tyrone Taylor. Now, these are all players that are injured or had a or are ill-fated be based on other signings or injuries. Two players I want to talk about. One is one of the one of the ones one of the ones that I had mentioned is Tyrone Taylor. I think that's pretty obvious. And the other one is Joe Connor on the Rockies. And I want to give Ryan some some flack on Joe Connor. Um, maybe maybe talk about Joe, Joe maybe we talk about Joe Connor first because he was bounced around. Um, I don't I didn't think like during the lockout that. Either of those teams were done making moves. Um, the Rockies are going to rocky. They're sorry, earmuffs joined, but Rockies are a, a stupid organization. They make stupid moves, uh, and they signed Chris Bryant now. So, what do you think about those two players, Ryan? Um, I honestly don't think Bryant has any effect on Connor Joe. Uh, the right right field is wide open, and if Blackman, you know, some some players don't like DH, so if Blackman says to the manager, you know, I want to play right field every day. And DH is wide open for Connor Joe. So I either think Joe is the everyday right fielder or I think he's the everyday DH. Wouldn't Blackman be the DH? But yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. If Blackman wants to DH, he'll DH. If not, then Connor Joe will play right field. Blackman's 35 years old. He's notably bad defensively. So I think that would be the number one option to DH. First, I, I know I saw a video today of um, Connor Joe playing first base, but they got they got to give that to CJ Crump. Like that that has to happen. And um, I think I think they're going to play Brendan Rodgers. He was he was the one guy that didn't sit at all last year near the end of the season, uh, despite the fact that Colorado likes to fucking dick around. He was one guy they weren't dicking around. Um, McMahon, I think he plays. I think Hampson's fucked. 
And Tapia, he hit for a good average, man. Uh, I think I think Hampson's fucked, like completely fucked. Um, and uh, they got um, Iglesias too. What do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, I think their lineup is pretty set. Um, Iglesias, I Iglesias is the only guy on the team that can play shortstop, so I think he'll they'll play him until what about Rogers? They, they can't anymore. Um, I don't know if Rogers is any good of a shortstop. Um, I know he got brought up as a shortstop, but um, I don't know. I feel like if he could play short, they wouldn't have signed Iglesias. That's right. at least how I took it. But I think um, McMahon's the everyday third baseman. Rogers the everyday second baseman. Um, you got Crone, Bryant, uh, Joe, Blackman. And then um, center, the center field is going to be the competition between Sam Hilliard, um, Rymel Tapia, and Garrett Hampson. Uh, th- those players are just so much worse than everyone else in the starting lineup. I can't see them, you know, playing over uh, Connor Joe. So who can play center field? I know Hilliard can. Um, he's Tapia. Not, he's not good. Yeah, you know, he's horrible. Well, Tapia sucks at center field. Yeah, Tapia can't really play center, so that's why I think he's fucked. Um, but Hampson's, Hampson and Hilliard are crazy fast, so they probably just throw one of them in center or they platoon them because I know Hilliard's a lefty and Hampson's a righty. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this lineup's pretty set with everyday guys. The only question mark is center field. Okay. What about Tyrone Taylor? He fucked? He's fucked in fab leagues. I obviously wouldn't drop in a fab league. In the D.C., though, I'm going to buy the dip because um, McCutcheon and Lorenzo Cain are super old. Yelich is injury prone. It's not like Hunter Renfro is like this stud that has to play every day. Like he could easily not be great. So if Tyrone Taylor's falling to like the late 400s, I would still take him in a D.C. Um, also because him and Kane are the only play- players that can play center field. So if Kane goes down, had injuries like he did last year, he even said a few days ago that he's going to contemplate retirement after this year. So if right. he thinks if he thinks he's done and he only plays 70 or 80 games or so, Tyrone Taylor's taking all of the center field. Um, yeah. Again, only in a D.C. because you can't draft him in a fab league. He's not going to play nearly enough in the beginning of the year. I don't think. I agree. McCutcheon should only see lefties at this point anyway. Really? Yeah, check out his splits, man. They've been brutal the last like year or so, at least. So what's going to happen in Milwaukee? Um, their outfield right now is Yellick, Kane, and uh, Renfro, right? Renfro, yeah. Who's their DH? DH is probably McCutcheon and Hero. Okay. And then Talaz is first base right now. I could see, I could see them making another move. I could see them bringing in Voight. I said that before the rumors even started, uh, and I did hear, I did see a rumor that they could bring a point. Um, I got a feeling that Connor Joe's fucked. I'm feeling Tyron Taylor's fucked, and I feel that Telez is going to get fucked too. Well, if they bring in Void, he's definitely fucked. But um, I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen, but it's got a feeling. Yeah, just because Void, Void's so much better than Telez, I feel like they wouldn't platoon them. I feel like Void would just be the everyday DH or the everyday until, get, until he gets hurt or, yeah, or, until, or to allows get hurt. They, they can both hurt themselves for sure. Um, but you know, if they don't make a move, I'm, I'm pretty confident in Rowdy uh, taking the first base job every day. Cause I don't, I don't think he's a platoon bat and unless Keston Hura figures it out, it, they, they don't have anyone else. 
All right. Just one last question, circling back to Colorado. Where are you going to take, where are you taking Jose Iglesias in these DCs? Man, I mean, I haven't taken him yet, but I feel like he should be going right around Miguel Rojas. No, I, I don't see it. Like early, uh, early 300s? Yeah, I mean, I don't really see a difference between the two. Rojas maybe gives you a few more steals, but I honestly think Iglesias is their everyday shortstop. I think so, too. I'm staring at him at pick 431 here. I think I'm going to nab him. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would definitely take him there. Again, I haven't done a DC since um, since free agency started, so I don't really know where guys are going right now. But He's I one guy I, I can't I haven't been able to feel out. I'm surprised no one commented on that. What? He's one guy that I haven't been able to feel out. Yeah, I saw today. He's uh, projected to hit two ninety there in Coors Field. You look at projections, Rick. <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, I was looking at them today. Which which set of projections? Oh, the one that uh, what is it? Um, at the corner, ATC, ATC. That's it. I was looking at that one. I think he's projected at two nine, which I thought was wow. I mean, you know. Rick, did you any, have you done any DCs? Did you get any uh, Rice Iglesias? or sorry, Jose Iglesias? I got Jose Iglesias, or wait a minute, what? Yeah, I, I got Jose. I, saw, I told you he's supposed to hit 290. I want him on my roster. I got him in round 18. Enrique Iglesias, right? The, that's, who, that's who I clicked on, Enrique Iglesias? I don't know. I wasn't in the draft with you. Anyways, okay. um, Bjorn, did you have something you wanted to you you wanted to get um, done? These uh, what is these DCFAs? Yes, I got I got, I got I got Jeopardy. We can't spend a lot of time on these fucking DC DCFAs. What is it? What does that stand for? I was told uh, yes. The next segment is the Draft Champions uh, Fantasy Awards segment. Why did you say the last? I know. Hi, who who's that? I don't know. I heard. He's probably he's probably no babysitter because his was white. Whoa, I'm not sure. Rick, your IT, what's going on here, buddy? I don't boys, I have the haven't the faintest, some kind of uh poltergeist type shit. I don't know. Um Boy, uh, we have a disclaimer, apparently, for this next segment that I am to read, and uh, that is we have honorary guests to introduce the nominees or the winners of each category. Uh, the disclaimer says that these are none other than hired voice actors and that they are paying, I guess you'd say, homage uh, to the individuals that they are um, talking about. Um, you know, we love these individuals and, uh, you know, um, it's just going to be great. So I just had to get that out of the way. Okay. I don't know if anybody. Had... All right. So, Jordan, this is your sort of thing. Are you going to introduce you have, you have special guests that you're going to bring on? Or are you going to announce these? Like you guys did this last week and it was horrific. We're gonna go to Jordan, the are you there? Bajoran, are you there? Jordan's muted. All right, not too sure. 
I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Lindsay's in the room with me here because uh, I am I am doing some child care. I've lost the main the main screen. I'll have to get back to. You. I apologize. Well, that's okay. We'll go ahead and uh, bring in our two guests here, and uh, let me just cue up the music for uh, the uh, DCFAs. All right. And we've got our uh, two men here to take us through. So uh, we'll leave it off to our first guest. Take it away, uh, Mr. Silver. Oh, hi. Hello. I'm uh, pleased to be on the Draft Champions podcast. My name's Rob. And uh, I guess we're going to be presenting uh, the first uh, award here, which is best podcast logo and this is Nando DeFino I'm here as well and yeah we're going to get into it here in just a minute with the first category so why don't you go ahead and read that one Rob all right I'm going to go ahead and read best podcast logo we got Anthony Gialdi the Casey Moose and then we have Rotosaurus you know Dave McDonald and Jake Hallisker and then Deadpool hitter. I was on that podcast last year. FTN and Enrico Palazzo. And the winner goes to just opening this envelope. Anthony Gialdi's podcast, The KC Moose. So congratulations. Congratulations to Anthony. I know he's a real good guy. So I have to see that one there, but Great. Let's go to the next category here. It looks like we've got best audio visual personality. Uh, we've got uh, Rick Poundstone. I've never heard of him in my life. Uh, Tidbit Nibbler. What? Don't know. Uh, uh, tours te- tour- tourist Takes. We've got Mike Simeone. He's the SP streamer there. And we've got Aris- Aaron Fantasy Snacks. Uh, let's go ahead and open the ballot here. And it looks like Michael Simeone, the uh, SP streamer, wins the uh, best AB personality there. So there you go. Oh, that's uh, that did you know stuff? Yeah, that's a did you know where he drinks out of the mug and all that stuff. Does he, does he actually drink out of that mug or is it some sort of phony baloney? <laughs> I know who's me. I have a little bit of whiskey in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I love fine whiskey. But moving on here, um, we got the next category uh, that's on my piece of paper here, and uh, it's for biggest kiss ass. Um, and there's one nominee, and that's uh, Mike Curlon. And uh, Gee, who's I, gonna win? <laughs> well, I guess Mike Mike wins. All right. Mike Curlin wins that one. We're going to go on to the next one here. It looks like it's NFPC Player of the Year in 2021. We got, oh, uh, well, the man himself, Phil Dusso, man I aspire to be. We've oh, got wait, Anthony. did you pronounce that correctly? Phil Dusso. Uh, got it. Hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate that one. Uh, Anthony Geller. Uh, we've got James Gobble, uh, Tyler Jung, and John Posma. Let's open up the little envelope here. And- it's actually Andrew Geller, the the guilds, the guilds on Twitter. He's quite controversial. Hey, why don't you pipe down, Rob? I think I got this category covered. Looks like we're going to open up the envelope, and it's going to be the three hundred thousand dollar man, Phil Dusso, wins the NFC Player of the Year, twenty twenty one. I can't gush enough about Phil. 
Go ahead and gush. Well, Phil is also from Canada, where I'm from, and uh, that's where the the best NFBC players are bred. So, Phil Duso, myself, and uh, Zach Waxman are probably the best fantasy players out there right now. You're the Canucks, huh? You guys are the Canucks of the up in the Yukon there, huh? All right, best fitness video. We have David Mendelson, Corbin. Corbin, there's no last name, but he's the guy that does all those squats. And then uh, Tidbit Nibbler, and I'm going to go ahead off the board, and we're going to give this win to none of these guys because I'm going to award the winner to the Brockness Monster. I'm just going to write him in right now. We're going to give him that win because he could probably, he's probably the strongest guy out of those three. So I don't know why he wasn't listed in the first place. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I'll go into the next category here. Looks like we've got fantasy healthcare worker. We've got Dr. Dr. Jesse Morse. We've got Dr. David McDonald. Uh, type in that D or whatever he says. We got Nick Savali. We've got just regular Dave McDonald. I'm not quite sure I understand that one. And MLB injury guru, Raven Guy. Uh, we're going to go ahead and open up the envelope here. And I guess since we're just picking our own winners here these days, as far as Silver just did, I'm going to pick my own. And uh, I'm going to go with Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, the guy who accomplished a lot for us here over the last couple of years. We're going to go with Fauci for uh, best fantasy healthcare worker. Great. Um, now we're going on to mock draft of the year. And you know my feelings on mock drafts. Mock drafts are not too useful, but we're going to go ahead and uh, give an award to one. Uh, the first, uh, the first nominee is Raz Slam, uh, brought to you by Gray Albright. The next one is TGFBI, uh, care of Justin Mason. The next one is Labor, and then our fourth nominee is Tout Wars, and the fifth nominee is the Yahoo Lobby, where you can do mock drafts whenever you want. And the winner is the Yahoo Lobby. All right, Yahoo. There you go. All right, we're going to go on to the next category here. Looks like we got least annoying podcast duo. We got Bubba and the Backflip Crazy. We got Jeff Erickson and Scott Jenstad, a couple of guys I love. We've got Vlad Stedler, Vlad himself, and Matty Davis, the Dodger Blue Boys. We got Michael Simmons. What? I was just, oh, I'm just rooting for Vlad. Wow. Pipe down, Rob. We've got Mike Simeone and Lauren Auerbach. We've got Lady in the Legend, old Lenny Melnick, and uh, the, the woman he has with him. And uh, let's go ahead and up, open up the envelope here, and we're going to give the winner. Now, it's none other than Vlad and Maddie Davis for the FTN podcast. Well, they're, they're quite deserving. Uh, I would recommend you pick up uh, the FTN draft guide. Uh, it's a very, very worthwhile investment. Very worthwhile. Yeah. All right. Next Next is the least annoying podcast trio. Um, We're going to start with, oh, my my face is going beat red here. Um, Launch angle pod with uh, Manly Van Lee, myself, and uh, Jeff Zimmerman. That Uh, one doesn't seem too fair, if you ask me. 
I'm just going to open the envelope after I read all these nominations. Uh, next, we have the CBS uh, Daily Fantasy Podcast with Chris Towers. Um, not out of major. Frank, yeah, the, the man with the cats, right? He's definitely not a dog person. He's a cat person. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he is. I don't want to draw any um, inferences. Um, but uh, we also have the bases loaded pod with um, Mike Curlin, uh, the, the guy that he, he could double up on some awards here, and uh, George Montanez and Zach Graff, and then uh, Rates and Barrels. I don't know who's on that podcast, but it got nominated somehow. And we have the sleeper and the bust. Um, and the winner is going to go to. The launch angle pod. I guess we had every from everyone from Canada voting for them. Oh boy. Uh, funny how that works out. We're gonna go to the next one here. We got best solo podcaster. We got James Anderson from Rotowire. We've got John Legaza, MLB movie. I just love John. We got Tidbit Nibbler, never heard of him in my life. Uh, the Turn Two Podcast with Matt Williams, love that guy. And uh Common Sense Fantasy Baseball. Uh Sure. Let's open up the envelope here, and it looks like the award is going to go to John Legaza from Porked Corked Stats. Uh, we love John Legaza. John, way to go, man. Oh, yeah. John John does great work. All right. Now, let's go to uh, Best Podcast High Stakes Guest. Uh, my uh, Canadian counterpart, Phil Dussault. Uh, will be uh, the first nominee. And I, I, like I said, I cannot gush about him enough. He is the best player in the world right now. And then we have Steve Weimer, John Posma, Mark Cerebro, the Gecko Industries, and John Fish, guy on Twitter. Um, all five of these players are incredible, formidable foes, but the best podcast guest, the best podcast that uh, people enjoyed listening to goes to Mark Cerebro on the pole hitter. That was a great podcast. I know he doesn't like to give away his guys, but he really teaches a man to fish and he's a real smart individual. As far as I'm concerned, you're on a podcast, you better give away your guys. You know what I'm saying? But we're going to go to the next category here. we got Best High Stakes Related Podcast. we got the Draft Champions Podcast. I think that's uh, the one that we're guesting on right now here, Silver. Uh, we got Rotosaurus. Uh, we got the Pull Hitter Pod with Rob DiPietro. Love that guy. He's got a few categories here. We're going to open up the envelope, and the winner is none other than, well, it is the Pull Hitter Pod with Rob DiPietro. So congratulations to him. Sorry to Zach Waxman and everybody on the podcast right now. Was that Zach? Now then, you guys carry on. Go ahead. Okay, we're going to shoot back over to Silver for the next category. <laughs> All right, this is the best new podcast. We have The Dish. Next on deck, I don't know what that is, and The Player's Pod. Never heard any of these. And the winner of the best new podcast of the year so we're trying to get people into the industry there's a lot of great podcasts out there i don't have time to listen to them all is next on deck okay i wonder sounds good i wonder who uh who's oh well I won. I won oh ryan Venancio, is that your podcast it is mr. my podcast mr valencia won didn't he boys congratulations ryan well, thank you so much, Bjorn. 
I really appreciate it. I'd love to see them hands. Okay, I don't know what that was all about. We're going to move on to the next category here. We got individual podcast of the year. Oh Christ! We got Rob Silver on RotoWire. Anything you want to say about that, Rob? Good luck. All right, we got Phil Dusso on this here podcast right here. The Jamie's podcast. We got Gecko Industries on the pool hitter. Another pool hitter here. And the winner is, as I open up the envelope, it is Rob Silver on RotoWire. Look, look at me blush. Can you see me? Yeah. Yeah, I can. I'm going to get a drink. All right. The next category is hot, hot take of the year. And we have three nominees. And uh, these are the usual suspects. Um, Kev Maharajian. He likes his hot takes. I think next it's have- Maharaji. Okay, okay. Uh, correct. I, I like to be corrected when I mispronounce something, so please tell me. Uh, next is Frank Amarante, and third is Micah Henry. And the hottest take of the year goes to Nando. Can you pronounce it for me? Yeah, Have- it's going to be. It's going to be Kev Maharaji with the podcast or the hot take of the year. What what was that hot take? Huh? Doesn't it doesn't say here uh, in the envelope what it actually was? Are you guys talking about McDonald's might. hot cakes? No, no. I think it was just the fact that he has a mustache. I think that was just the since they're not you know that in vogue. Uh, that was his hot take of the year. I All right, guys, we're almost done this or what? Yeah. Well, yeah, we're almost done here. We got another category coming up here. Uh, best draft prep uh, resource. We got three categories left. It looks like we got the baseball forecaster for Baseball HQ. We got the process with Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell. We got reliever recon. We got FTN draft guide and the FP streamer draft guide as well. We go ahead and open up the envelope here. And, okay, looks like the winner is going to be none other than reliever recon. I believe that's Greg Jewett in the boys. So I always love Greg and all those guys. So congrats to them. Oh, yeah. Greg, it, Greg is fantastic. He's a fantastic follow on Twitter, and his closer stuff is top notch. Uh, moving on to uh, Breast. Be- breast. Breast. <laughs> you got some like, little Freudian slip there, Rob. No, no, no. Never, never, never. You know me. Uh, best free tool. Um, the best free tool of the year nominees uh, are Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard, um, Mike Curlin's lineup tracker, which just debuted today. It's fantastic. And fan graphs, if if of course you don't pay for it, you can pay, and we encourage you to pay. Um, and fourth, uh, Derek Rhodes injury tracker. And the winner of the best free tool is, of course, Alex Chamberlain's pitch leaderboard, which is fantastic on Tableau. Absolutely, Alex Chamberlain doing great work over there. All those boys love him. Let's go to the last category. This is gonna be we got least hurry series. We got these player breakdowns. We've got the blue boards from blue, that guy. We can notes OVS guys. And uh looks like the last one Bjorn's boy. 
is. Not quite sure what that means, but I open up the envelope here, and it looks like we have got Govier's guys wins the game for least pointless recurring series. So congrats to him and all the winners. You got anything else to say there, Rob? Oh well, Mike Govier, he's 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 a great follow. He does all those funny videos and songs. Actually, there's a there's a final category of uh, best musical performance, and uh-huh. uh, the nominees are Michael Gopier and uh, Dave Ponce. Dave Ponce uh, did that little rendition of uh, Sting, I believe, on the guitar, and we're gonna give we're gonna give it to him, Dave Ponce. Uh, Hall of Famer, an amazing player, an amazing talent on the guitar and vocals. Uh, congratulations to him. My uh, my heart goes out to him. Oh, hi, Nando. Um, yeah. Gotta ask you, what's your favorite uh, Simpsons episode? What? My favorite Simpsons episode? I haven't watched that show in here. Some more of a South Park guy. Uh, me and the bros will kind of sit down, pop a couple of brews, watch it. But uh, I just love that whole intro, man. That whole couch shit, they, or excuse me, that whole couch stuff they do, they'll just run on the couch and something different. Maybe it flips over or Mars turns into an alien or something like that. Love that couch thing, man. All right. Great. Well, I just want to say my favorite episode is the one where Bart breaks his leg and has to stay home all summer long while they have that above ground pool in their backyard. It sort of reminds me of uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. and uh, how he uh, tore his ACL last year and had to sit out and uh, didn't play all last year. So whenever I had a team with or saw a team with Ronald Acuna Jr. on it last year, I always thought of that Simpsons episode where Bart was inside the house looking down at the pool and uh, could pl- couldn't play in the pool like Ronald Acuna could play in a, a fantasy league or accumulate any statistics. I got to tell you, man, uh, didn't follow that at all. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But uh, hey, that's your prerogative. Are you boys almost done? I, I, I think this has gone on a bit long. It has gone Zach. on a while, but Rick, I, Rick, I wanted to jump in here and say that I'm, I'm so glad you were nominated. And I think I speak for Maggie as well. And we're sorry you didn't win, but you can't spell hit without IT. And, and you're the biggest hit of IT that I know. You're, you're a great guy, Rick. You know, all I'll say is if that compliment would have come from somebody who I had a modicum of respect for, I'd be really enjoying it right now. But you make me want to puke blood. Uh, so, you know, no thank you, Bajorn. And uh, that's going to wrap up the awards. All right. Thanks. Uh, thanks, boys, for uh, for uh, donating your time. I appreciated that. That was longer than it needed to be and um, less had less of a point. So let's just move on to Jeopardy. OK. Yeah, let's do it, boys. All right. I'm going to share my screen again. And you know the drill, right? Everyone can buzz in. Uh, Mr. Valencia, do you know the drill? Well, maybe Valencia doesn't know. So basically, uh, where do I put? Where do I? Um, there's a chat in Zoom. You, you type the number one in if you want to buzz in. So there's a there's an icon at the bottom of your Zoom that says chat. Oh, I got it. You can do a little tester and press the number one. Whoever buzzes in with one gets to answer first. So tell I'm him really you're excited. Like, so we got we got a lot of contestants here. We got um, we got Jorn, we got Rick. We got Graham, and we got our guest of honor, Ryan Van Yeah, I'm kind of tied tied up, but I'll try and play. Come on, shrimp. 
Bjorn just typed in Bjorn's bids with a hashtag. You don't, there's no final jeopardy, so you don't have to bid. So I'll, I'll just go and um, I'll list the categories here. And there's, there's uh, five categories, uh, 500 and a thousand. So there's 10 questions. First category is Mike Mouth. Uh, second category is Bjorn. <laughs> why did why did Rick just Quit type it, in Maggie stop tickling? Oh right. shit! I'm on the air. All right. So the third category is Magpie, and the fourth category is Jeff Zimmerman, and the fifth category is Ryan Venancio. So uh, let me yeah, I, I added that fifth category, Zach. I hope you don't mind. Yeah, I don't know what that category is, but um, when we get to it, I guess you can explain. Magpie. That sounds like an interesting category. I don't know. I don't All right, so we'll, we'll let we'll let our uh, get, uh, we'll let our guest uh, go um, go first. You got control of the board, Ryan. Let's go, Magpie for five hundred. Wait, right, that a sexual thing? Can you boys shut the hell up for one moment and let me clear the room, honey? Can you leave and go down? Yes, go get me the two white castles in the freezer. <laughs> yes. Budweiser. Thanks, baby. Proceed. All right. Magpie. So this category is about people that induce a lot of soft contact. Right, man. <laughs> You're going to give me a damn heart attack. <laughs> All right. So 500. This now is, um, so again, magpie category. Again, this is people that induce a lot of soft contact. Um, so magpie for 500. Uh, this player... Um, now potentially injured pitcher gave up the most soft contact last year among qualifying pitchers. Okay, so we got Jorn. Jorn. Uh, Jack Flattery. Incorrect. You are now negative 500, Jorn. Anyone else want to take a crack, crack at this? Sandy's injured. Uh... It's now potentially injured pitcher. Huh. Gave up the most soft contact among qualifiers. Oh, we got Ricky. Ricky, you're I'll say, uh, I'll say Jacob Dugan. Who? Oh, Jacob Jack Dugan. Dugan. No, yeah. no, that that's incorrect. Anyone else want to take a guess here? Or do they know the answer? I think I'm the potentially injured guy. Um, I don't know. Alex Reyes. I have no idea. So are you going to buzz in? You haven't buzzed in. If you don't think it's right, I wouldn't buzz in. Okay, you're going to buzz in. I'm going to say Alex Reyes. Sure. You're wrong. That's negative 500. Graham, do you want to take a guess or do you want to pass this like a pussy? Uh, big, big pussy, Tony Soprano. All right. The answer, <laughs> the answer is Zach Wheeler. Among qualifying pitchers, he induced uh -huh. – uh, uh, the most soft contact. What do you think about Zach Wheeler? Where are you guys taking? Because again, I think again, this game's not to just—it's not for shits and giggles. It's, we, we want to actually have answers that we can discuss. So Zach Wheeler. I've never Person. heard of him. All right, not not surprising. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about him? Where where would you take Zach Wheeler in a draft right now? Better question, I'd, Zach Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, right now. Um, I'd probably still go Wheeler. I'm not like huge on um, Aaron Nola, but Aaron I feel. Nola. I feel like um, shoulder soreness shouldn't be like a death sentence. Like I'm obviously going to project Wheeler for less innings than I did before, but I still think he's going to be really good. And as long as he starts throwing soon, I, uh, I really don't think he's going to miss that much time. All right. 
Um, Yo, know, can I say something on that Wheeler thing? Yeah. And I'm just about to draft my first ever share of Justin Verlander this year. Yo, know, uh, Zach Wheeler, like, isn't hurt. Okay. Like, like every, everybody's running for the hills on this. Like, what he said was that he felt sore ramping up and he stopped and has now reported to camp. And he pitched the other day. I buy and it. like there's there's been no news so everybody's like attacking any morsel of anything like a pack of wild rabid dogs well i said that i had a similar sentiment today on twitter shrimp um where they were talking about oh myron buxton hit a single when he moved up 20 picks or that shitty first baseman for the red Sox accidentally hit a home run and everybody's on him you know christ it's spring training like jack flaherty is fucked Oh, yeah. Like, Zach Wheeler, like, the, the, they're reporting on something from back in, like, December, and he's now here. And he threw a bullpen. Yeah, I think I the, only th- the only thing they were insinuating was that he's going to be a little behind. So, like, but like you're saying, though, what, if he misses two weeks, like, who gives a shit? Yeah. You should still be drafting him in the same spot. All right, Ryan, you got control of the board. We're going to take away Magpies 500. What do you want to do? Let's do Bjorn for 500. Bjorn for 500. So this category, we'll delete that. Bjorn, these are people who cause horrific splits. That's a joke about his divorce. So Bjorn for 500. This player... Brutal. Brutal. This player had the worst batting average versus left-handed pitchers in the majors last year for a player that's drafted in the top 300 of the ADP. Minimum 60 plate appearance. Okay, Ryan. Uh, Lane Thomas. Incorrect. Uh, Shrimpy buzzing in. All right. Uh, who is Jesse Winker? Incorrect. Damn it. Damn. I'm an idiot. I thought you said a right-handed pitcher. I buzzed in. Oh, Rick. Stone Cold Steve, or I mean, um, shit. Uh, Meadow Soprano. Um, Austin Meadows. <laughs> Meadows <laughs> That is incorrect. The answer is anyone else needed? Oh, Jordan, do you want to take a guess at this or no? Uh, Andrew McCutcheon. Wrong. The answer, the worst uh, hitter in the top 300 ADP versus lefties was Cody Bellinger. So would that surprise you? He sucks. He sucks, right? I mean, what's with that guy? He, He sucks, right? I don't know. I, right I, hitter. I, I, th- I think it's hard to judge Bellinger's, uh, you know, last season against him just because he was clearly injured the whole time. Um, I think the reason why I'm not really drafting him that much is just I have no idea what to expect. Um, I think he's probably going a little too high, but I don't know. I don't think you can take anything he did from last year and try to, like, project it forward just because he was like clearly injured the entire time. All right. I think you can expect a handsome return. I bet you do. <laughs> All right. Is um, Cody Bellinger cute? Is he? He's high as shit. You never see that guy's eyes. If he oh, ain't smoking a ganja, it. I ain't fat. <laughs> he, he looks like he lost a lot of weight. He kind of looks like he has the body of Blake Snell now. Just way too skinny. Yeah. Bjorn, what do, like about, what, do you think, what do you think about Snell? Any mm. thought? 
he doesn't really do it for me. Okay. All right, uh, Ryan, you got control of the board right now. Everyone's in the negatives, but you're, you're, you got to pick a category here. Yeah, we're struggling here. Let's go Bjorn for a thousand. Bjorn for a thousand. Again, these are people with horrific splits. Um, this player had the worst batting average versus a shift in the majors last year for a top 300 player, minimum 60 plate appearances. Give you a hint. Oh, Ryan. Uh, Jared Kalenic. Wrong. Sorry, can you requ- repeat the question? Worst batting average versus the shift. Minimum 60 plate appearances, top 380p. Give you a hint. Cody Bellinger was the second worst. So he almost he almost was the worst against lefties and the shift. That's a bucket. So it isn't Cody Bellinger. It's not Cody Bellinger. Is it Joey Gallo? That's incorrect. Prince Fielder. Did you buzz in? Uh, no, that's not right either. Um, Jordan, you got it, you got anything? No. Ryan? Ryan. No, no, I guess the oh, oh, forgot to give you negative. Thousand. I guess right. Ryan gets two shots every question. The answer is um Lindor. He batted 206 versus the shift. You guys expecting him to bounce back? Ryan? Yeah, I don't expect him to hit 230 again. Um, I actually didn't know he was that bad against the shift, though. It's interesting. I gotta look into that. But no, I I, re- I really like Lindor this year, and I think um all signs point to him having a bounce back here. All right. Go ahead with another category. Let's go. Let's finish off Magpie for a thousand. Finish off Magpie. I'd love to do that. Again, these are people. <laughs> Boys. Whoa. 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 Now, God damn it. I told you before that I, this was going to have an adverse health impact on me. And then you go ahead and do it again and you make another little insinuation about my girl. Okay. These are, these are, these are just people that induce a lot of soft contact. So. <laughs> So we talked about the, the leader in soft contact um, already among qualified pitchers. This question um, is about pitchers with a minimum or a minimum of 50 innings pitched. So not quite, they, they don't have to be qualified. They could be 50 or above. This could be closer gave up the most soft contact among pitchers with at least 50 innings pitched. And this player was the only one with a soft contact rate over 30% out of all the players over 50 innings pitched. A lot of a lot of dead air day editing out boys here. Um, Ricky, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, Christopher uh, Chris Mal- or uh, Chris Malasante. Who who is that? <laughs> I he's with the diamond. But oh, Mark Mo- Mark Melanson. There you go. Wrong. It's Ma- it's not Mark Melanson. Anyone else want to take a shot at this? Uh, Ryan. I'm going to guess Ryan Tapera. That is incorrect. I have no, I have no idea. Graham or Bjorn, anyone want to take a crack at this? Diego's. Wrong. I don't know, man. The soft contact thing's got me all twisted up. All right. You want to pass? Yeah, I pass. All right, pussy. Uh, the answer is uh, Blake, Blake Trinan. Play trying to go soft contact. All right, Ryan, you still got control he's of the board. Tr- he, he, hey, guys, he's trying to be the closer. <laughs> uh, let's um, let's go MTM for 500. MTM for 500. These are people who get ratioed. So get have bad ratios. Huh. Stuck right. in the 80s. All right, so this pitcher 
Minimum, minimum 20 innings pitched, had the worst ERA post-All-Star break besides the dreadful Jackson Kawar. Yet, he is often being drafted as a sleeper this year because he also had the largest differentiation between his ERA and FIP. Now, I guess on the show before, Christ, geez, he, Jesus loser, though. That's incorrect, Rick. Ryan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Andrew Haney. It's also incorrect. Is it uh, Jordan Montgomery? Incorrect. I really thought it was Haney. Jordan, this is. No, I'm going to gain some ground. Um, not guess on this one. Nice. Good, good call, Jordan. The answer is uh, Glenn Otto, another Simpsons rest reference. Otto. Okay. All right, Ryan, you got to control the board. Let's do uh, MTM for a thousand. MTM for a thousand. Yeah, these are player people that get ratioed. Um, this pitcher, minimum twenty innings pitch, had the worst ERA post All Star break at six point two nine. That also has an ADP inside the top three hundred. So worst ERA post All Star break inside the top three hundred of ADP in the draft champions competition. Ryan, Jesus Lazardo, incorrect. Copycat. <laughs> Anyone else? Worst ERA post All Star break, but also um, inside the top three hundred. I'm usually good at Jeopardy when I'm not on the show. Now I fucking choked when I'm on the show. Yo, it's hard. These are yeah, tough. You're a regular Ken Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyone gonna? Anyone want to take this one? Ken Jennings. That's it. Sorry, not. Bruce Kate Jenner? Jenner. Bruce, Bruce Jenner? I said Kate. That's not a person. Anyway. Uh, Desmond Jennings? Yeah. All right. Anyone else going to uh, buzz in here? No. All right. The answer is Andrew Heaney. So post-All-Star break, he had the worst ERA of anyone going inside the top 300. But The surgeon don't... likes him. Does he? Yeah. Do you, do you guys, are you guys in on him? Yeah, I'm in on him. I um, I just think the Dodgers really know what they're doing, like better than any organization, especially the Angels. Um, and he's got the stuff to turn into a good pitcher. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm taking him. He's probably going a little too high, because um, you know, you're projecting, and there's still decent pitchers going after him. But I, I don't mind taking him around 300. There's like a decent pitcher that's going after. Him. That's my thing. There's not really much that I'm worried about missing out on in like the next hundred picks or so yeah at, I mean, least, guy, at least 50 i mean just off the top of my head guys like eric lauer and nestor cortez like actually okay. pitched well last year fair, fair points yep and they yep. have and they have you know more locked rotation spots but any prize higher ceiling true true all right you got control again what are you going for uh let's go jeff zim 500 jeff zimmerman for 500 okay these are people that now struggle to recognize how fast a pitch is Oh, I saw that that he's not doing the uh, he's not doing the spring training velocities or something. Right. So yeah, they, but this category is actually about players that um, whiff a lot, so they don't they're not able to recognize how fast the pitch is, so they swing and miss a lot. Whereas he's purposely not trying to recognize the velocity of pitches. Get it? Yep. Okay. So Jefferson remember for five hundred, this player taking it down to minimum of 250 plate appearances to qualify for this, 
had the worst contact rate in the majors, and he may have just lost his job today. Today? Only two teams away. Maybe it was a trade. What do you think, On Who signed today? I'm going to say Patrick Wisdom. That is correct. The first correct answer of the day goes to Ryan Venancio. Oh. Congratulations. And that wasn't even that easy. Very nice, Ryan. Handsome and smart. <laughs> Full of rants. All right, Ryan, you want to choose a category here? Or choose a category or amount? Oh, yeah, so just a Jeff Zim for 1,000. Jeffy Zim for 1,000. Again, these are people that uh, now struggle to recognize how fast the pitch is. Um, this surprising player with uh, was fifth worst in O contact last year among qualified hitters, only behind Tatis, Sano, Gallo, and Hunter Dozier as the only five players that were below 50% O contact. So he's, su- he's surprising, at least to me, that he was fifth worst, only behind those four in O contact. Is that like your O face? Is that just in general or on fastballs? In general. Uh, Via fan graphs. Ryan. Uh, Shohei Otani. Incorrect. Any other guesses here? No? Rick, you got a guess? I work. We don't know it over here, bud. Yeah, I don't think this is a tough one. So behind Tatis, Sano, Gallo, and Hunter Dozer, there's only five players with an O contact rate below 50%. And the other man was Chris Taylor of the Dodgers. Can you believe that? Yeah, he does have a very good batting average, right? So I could I could see it. A lot of people are on him early this year because, um, what, he's got like a 2010 bat with, in a good lineup, probably going to hit lower in the lineup now. Um, what do you, do you think his ADP is going to pay off, Ryan? Um, I think so. Um, he hurt his neck sometime in August. So like his last two months, he was fucking awful. But the first four months of the season, he was awesome. And even though he's lower in the order and he's going to get less PAs, um, the counting stats are still going to be there just because that lineup's fucking ridiculous. I know somebody else who hurt their neck last night, but I ain't going to say who or why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was so good. Okay. Well, Mag- Maggie's sitting right next to you, huh? Sounds like she's yeah, she's always cool. right here, man. She's uh, she's my gal. We're kind of attached at the hips. So. Sort of like your keychain, wherever you go, she's she goes. She's my lucky rabbit's foot. <laughs> okay. All right. There's one category left, Ryan. Do you want a five hundred or a thousand for Ryan Venancio? Yeah, we'll do um Ryan Venancio for five hundred. All right. I don't know. I didn't make up this category, Bjorn. What the fuck is this? Like, yeah, I, I snuck this one in on you, Zach. Uh, it, the category is people who are gorgeous. What the? F- <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, D- wait, yeah. wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're recently divorced, right? Are you separated or are you divorced, Bjorn? It's it's a little muddy. I'm I'm separated, but you know. Yeah, well, I don't think you're. I don't think you're thinking too clearly, bud. No, I made a comment about Jimmy Gabal here a few weeks ago, but that was a totally separate matter. It was nothing to do with this. You are a sadist. Just move on. All right, for 500, um, Ryan Venancio, you got questions for me here. Okay, I got them. So 
Jorge Alfaro has the highest BABIP in the last five seasons among qualified hitter, hitters. Who has the second highest and also is extremely good looking? Ryan? Tim Anderson? No, that's not right. Tony LaRusso. Also incorrect. I've stopped keeping score, by the way. At least we got one correct answer. The second highest Babbitt in the last five seasons among qualified hitters. And the question says he's also really good looking. John Crook. The answer is Yohan Moncada. That might, be, that might be buoyed by his extremely high BABIP that one year that he um, hit over 300. But, Jordan, can we have you break down? Uh, He's Yohan also Moncada? the best shape of his life. Yeah I, 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 yeah, I think maybe the best thing to talk about here is why, why this question, Jordan. Yeah, tell us how you feel about Yohan Moncada, please. He's uh, – there. there's just – there's no assembly required. He's the total package as is, and that's that's all that needs to be said. I heard, he's the, best, yeah, I heard he's the best shape of his life too today. I saw I saw something that said he's like really in, he's ready to go. Um, exactly. There's a Yo Moncada best shape of his life thing today. Yeah, there was. Oh he said God. he's gonna steal thirty bases. I saw that. And I probably a hundred hearts. I heard tid- tidbits said that he's in a, he's, in a, he's projecting him at seven. Well, that's, I think, first of all, tidbits of dipshit. Uh, <laughs> and also, um, I, I do, if that said, I do get where he's coming from. A lot of times these guys say these little hopeful things in spring training and, you know, everybody on Twitter starts whacking it to it. And the next thing you know, he does nothing. You know, that's just kind of how it happens. So. All right, let's put this, um, let's finish off this, uh, this game. Ryan Venancio for a thousand. And um, just reading off what you gave me here, Bjorn, people who are very good looking. Okay. Um, all right. So here's the question for a thousand sorting for OB, OBP, the last three seasons. So on base percentage, looking at the top 10, you see the usual suspects, Betts, Acuna, Soto, Grandal, Yalek, Bregman, Freeman, Harper. And number nine is actually Mark Canna, who is not that good looking but this 2021 really good looking rookie was number 10. Oh, oh John. I know exactly. Oh. Yep. Say oh. it. John, Jonathan India. That is correct. All three of us were ready to say Jonathan India. So who I know you were ready. A- you made it this question. You made the fucking question. Like you like, obviously you love Jonathan India. Is it the hair? <laughs> as a as a cis white male, um, I just want to say. <laughs> that I do find Jonathan India to be an attractive man. And I don't think that I'm out of bounds here. Um, I'd, I'd actually like Mr. Valencia to comment. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Are you Mr. Valencia? Um, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, this, he's, this, um, is, this is a perfect ending for this. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a pretty yeah. good looking guy. I don't think it's a perfect ending. I was told I could say a signature sign-off. All right, you talking about a happy ending? Exactly. I I will sign off because I have to to let you you boys finish by yourselves, so you can keep talking when I'm gone. But uh, don't forget your penis and cracker jack. (laughs) Did he just say what I think you said? 
Did he just say what I think he said? I don't. <laughs> I don't even. What? Okay. We're done. Ryan, where they can find where? Eh, fuck it. They, they'll find you, right? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. They'll find you. I have a song to take us out tonight, boys, if we're done. I don't oh, know. Oh, thank God. I didn't, I didn't know how we we're going to end this. I'm usually pretty bad at ending this. Um, Bjorn is um, obviously better than I am, so go, go ahead, Rick. Well, it was great having all you boys. Uh, Mr. Valencia, thanks for coming on the program. That's the Simpsons theme, if anybody didn't know. Okay. All right. Can I stop it? I just realized the daughter's name on here is Maggie. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs>